0: me just to share just a little bit something about myself and then I'm gonna share us where I believe we are at and and what God uh, revealed or put on our plate and then I'm gonna invite some other people in the second session to join us shall we just pray Lord Jesus we thank you just for the breeze of the wind And we ask that your Holy Spirit will be just with us. We're not here to try and impress each other. We're here because of you. We're here for you. Um, And we just invite your Holy Spirit to be present here in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I have two childhood images or experiences that I want to share with you that I think were defining as why I'm sitting here today and um, the one thing is I grew up on a country town in where the flowers bloom every year in the Namakwa land Uh, and the rest of the year it's very arid and the wind comes up every day five o'clock and it blows till the next morning so every time you have athletics practice and you had to do the, the 200 meter around the corner. You will run against the wind every day. That's what I remember. But that's the one I wanted to share. Um, about in my late primary school, I can't remember. You know, the older you get, the more confused the dates get. But late primary school, something happened in our town or our area that was quite... Uh, news and that was to my recollection the first farm murder in our country Um, and you can imagine now i'm talking about pre-apartheid south africa the enormous anger amongst the people now i also had the privilege to grow up with a mother that had a very deep sense of righteousness and a compassion. Um, So we would never, we always joke, we would never know if our, you would never know if your clothes are in your cupboard. Because if somebody poor walks by and it's your size, (laughs) then it's gone. So she, she was a lot of her time in what we call today the townships and she would care for people and give food and take people to hospital and that's just what she, who she was. Now that was for many people not acceptable because in those times in our country, the, the doctor and the predicate, the dominie, the reverend and the headmaster were kind of prominent figures in the town. My dad happened to be the headmaster. And my mom's actions often caused <laughs> controversial conflict but he usually had to go away so she walked in past the courts where this I still remember his name Pirachai, was now before the High Court it was still in those days the High Court came twice a year to the countryside so then those cases were um, put before the High Court. So the journalists from Cape Town, you know, it was, you know, the whole town was always a buzz when the High Court is there. It's the important people of the country You were kind of told were there. So my mom walked past this and she saw Pirachai in the, what's Beskuldigde Bank in English? The sea. The accused seat she saw this man in the accused seat and what she saw is a man that had a torn shirt it was basically not a shirt but that time being in police custody he was quite beaten also a bit so she saw this this figure you know and the compassion uh came forward she went home she took one of my dad's shirts and she gave it to the boarder what's that in english He <laughs> say just put that give that man the shirt so the next day on the front papers woman gives murderer a shirt and the town wanted to stone my mother it was just not acceptable so I, I recall that image well and, you know, the things after that, um, dealing with, with that. And if I look back, I am so, you know, I'm so privileged to have had a mom like that. You know, she, she fought an unjust system with, with kindness. So, you know, things that, that's the beauty of the gospel, things that were intended for, you know, God changed it to, to put it in your makeup. So I'm, so I'm standing here today because I had a mom that in her way loved Jesus differently than most people. And, and, and I have that inheritance. And then the second um, thing that I want to share is is my dad um, was one time we were gone, I think Cape Town somewhere, and he was drunk in our home, and people saw him, and the next day, the no, next day, the next week, on the newspaper, headmaster being expelled from school. So. You know, today, mo- maybe that wouldn't happen today, but in those times it was a big thing um, that happened in a countryside. So that started a very, very disrupted high school phase. I was in grade nine at that time, and we moved down four or five times. So I, I, I became. Ex- Extremely insecure. From that day on, I can't remember. Sorry, emotional. I didn't. I didn't plan on, <laughs> on telling the stories. I um, I can't remember us ever laughed in our house again. It was just quiet. It just became quiet. And then, in one of the moves, we were um, in a school hostel somewhere far. I was very good with sports and athletic and I played for the the guys cricket team and I came back from a match we played that day and we were sitting in this hostel around the table and there was often you know the um, inspector or people will come you know to schools and they will eat around there and there was a man That asked me where I come from and what I was doing, and I said, "Now I played cricket, and and I took five wickets that day, and he couldn't stop laughing." And that man was Um (laughs) Umuan. And God brought him in my life, redemptive. Because the only thing I had in that time. Was that I knew Jesus, I, I, I Jesus was in my life, and he he brought that out. He brought that relationship with Jesus out, and he he would take me on trips um, and uh, help at camps and just you know um, be that person, that mentor. So I am also here today because God has as a redemptive part for where you use people in our lives, and I just want to acknowledge that <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> through all these years. So always when when I wanted to, uh, you know, do something or something, I would always have him on, and we would talk and and. Um, You know, uh, for me, my type of personality that's a palm that uh, live in the realm of potential, you often have people that always say, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And and it's necessary. But to me, one was that person that would always walk within that realm of impossibilities, and which was a soundboard to me uh, in my life. And that is also how it happened with our story with, with Global Challenge. Before Global Challenge, I worked with UXA, with a Project Service Here for Christ, and uh, many of you came from that side. But about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I started sharing with Umu on this dream of just taking a group of young people around the world and just see what God will do. Just, you know burn our bridges and sell everything we have um, and some of them are in this room Stefan and Esti and Clara and Anita um, was on that very first journey Am I'm missing anyone else in this room on that very first journey and then off, and we sold everything and we had some of my mom's inheritance money. And in Afrikaans, it says, is So we used uh, a lot of that. I think we used all of that. <laughs> and, uh, and we just traveled, and we just wanted to see if Jesus is real, and um, what is there in the world, and what will God do with lives that's just surrendered to him. And, and that's our story. Our story is very simple. Our story it's a group of 11 young people with a couple of Americans that simply set out and said, let's see what God will do with us. Um, and over the next years, in that year we knew this will have to go beyond us. Other people must also have this. That's where the Willems and Francois and other people ca- came, and later Maxine came, and it's, it was the formative part. But it was always not just the people travelled. It was the, on that first journey, Thomas and Nuki came to visit us. Omi Johan and Tani Meriki were behind this, Tani Erna was behind all of this. So it was—it's just a, it was people that God brought. Together, so if I if it comes over that you have to do a journey, it's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's where God has formed us. So over the past um, over the past years, God has used us in town. We came back, and then we went to Floyd McClung for a church planting experience. Floyd became one of the trustees. So the Global Challenge is is structured as a trust. Um, and out of this trust, the different segments grow as we were we were um, finding ourselves trying to do church plant in Jeffrey's Bay. But we, <laughs> I felt like I'm just leading people to discouragement because we didn't see any church <laughs> and we didn't see churches that plant churches. Um, and, and in a way, God led us to education, um, in a very significant way. And I had these young people that say, okay, we, we want to be educators, but uh, that's where Tani Meriki came in, because at least you needed some experience with starting a school. And uh, she uh, took the step of faith to, to say yes to being the first principal. So, so that's, but I'm here today to say that was kind of the stories of formation. But I believe we are in a new decade, like um Joe has said, but also it's not the end of the story. And I've shared last year with you the, by the end of last year, the, the flywheel. So let's just look a little bit at that because it was October in that year. Before uh, I went with Uncle Joe uh, to a missionary leaders' conference in Hungary, and um, and I went with that question in my heart: Lord, what we have here is beautiful, and we love it. But is that what it is? Is this? Well, can I die with what's here? Is that enough? Um, And and then the Lord released this word. Now, it's the same. I I walked for a year with this word before I shared it last year with you. It carries the same weight as as that word when we were about 30 people in Tanifili's house, just started the school. We kind of, some of us are in mission, some of us are now teaching. Everybody that could barely teach had to teach just to you know, it's kind of that crazy yeah, The Lord released that word that he's going to build something that will be a model. Now, there was nothing, you know. And and, and that became the constitutional document, the foundational word of the Lord to, to to move in. And I want us to look at the flywheel in that same way. I don't, I, will you put it up there and if we can read it together if you've, Most of you, were all of you here last year when I shared this? Yeah. So let's repeat. It refreshes us again, even if you've read it. This man said to me, I see in my spirit a flywheel. These are large wheels. What they do is they turn very slowly at first, but once there's an initial effort to turn them, The very weight of the wheel itself, the very momentum of the wheel itself keeps it going and increasing. Okay, so so what we actually say, friends, is the past 11 years was the slow turn of the wheel. (laughs) So if you think this is all now, it was part of the way the momentum is coming because There is bold within this flywheel a grace to roll, and to move, and to empower, to release, and to distribute that power, that kind of momentum. And what I see is that kind of momentum coming upon you, global challenge. Um, A momentum, if we look at the next slide, your responsiveness is that simple nudge of the flywheel, but the power itself is the power of God. Like the wheel within the wheel that Ezekiel saw, they moved on their own. You will be pulled into the momentum of the Lord moving forward. And it will be beyond your natural speed and your natural strength. But in the same way as the flywheel makes no noise, it just rolls with the momentum built in you. Everything we do and everything where you are currently at, you can control. You are in control of your every day. You know I'm teaching this class and I'm leaving home and I'm... The invitation of the Lord is to move you into something that's beyond that. That's his invitation to us. He said, even when things are put into motion and accelerate in ways beyond your ability to count, contain, or control, it will give way to all because that's your ultimate calling. Friends, Jesus is inviting us to say, let me move. And all that you have to do is say, wow. And wow. And look at this, God did this. And wow. What? what I, I don't know about you, but I would not want to respond to any other calling than that. That your calling is to say, The awesomeness of God. When the momentum takes over and it's beyond your ability to counter control, you can experience an awe and a wonder that's deeper, higher, and wider because you know the flywheel of God is God himself moving. And he moves through your longings and your sighings and he kind of says that all the prayers, the prayer warriors are kind of like kept in a bottle and it's it's opening up all the intercession. And we know that the now time of the Lord is, not, is never my time. If God say now is the time, it doesn't mean it needs to be in my framework of time. God's time is always now time. So whenever that now is, that's God's time. But God say, now I is the time. Now I will be exalted. Now my name will be lifted up. Now men and women will behold Jesus as Holy Lord and set him in part as king in their hearts. Friends, let me speak for a moment to you. And uh, we have a mixed audience of young and old here. I'm speaking to you for a moment in the privilege of the apostolic uh, mother-father of this movement. My only desire... Is that people will see Jesus as King, that will be set apart where the Lordship of Jesus reigns. It is not a movement where Jesus fits into my comfort or fits into my schedule every day and I use him. It's a movement, as we started, we will move into the next decade where Jesus is Lord of all or is not Lord at all, as on Floyd has said. It's not a compromised environment. So if Jesus is not at all, if he's not the king, then you shouldn't be here, if I can say that with great grace, because we will move into a momentum of God, which only God can contain and do, and where it's not us um, and for that we must bring the lordship of jesus in our hearts and set our lives apart again for the works he wants to do in and through us the last part of the slide and uh, says and we don't you don't have to put it up but you can um, is that he kind of um, puts it as um, as the wedding banquet where the wine was Water was turned into wine. And he said, it's not the the bride, nor the groom, nor the important guests that saw this first miracle. This is the first miracle Jesus did. This is now the announcement that he is king. And who wants to be the first ones to see it? The servants. The servants stood there in the room and they recognized that Jesus just turned the water into wine. God has called us to servant leadership. Um, and, and 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 that is the beauty of it. We are not a movement where there's a place for anyone's ambitions um, and positions <laughs> and whatever is important in the worlds of the world. We're here because we want to see, we want to be awesome and say, wow, God, we're reserved for that. That's what Jesus wants to set us apart to. Say, I, wanna, I want you to see. I want you to be the first ones to see. And that's our invitation afresh, is to say, Lord, like we've started our first journeys with the abandonment, we want to move into this new era with an abandonment because of Jesus. So within this flywheel, and I know I've, I've, it's very simple, I <laughs> will draw it again. Um, we say in the middle of the flywheel, in that center part, which actually is the mechanism that gets these things going, the vision, our middle, our vision is Jesus. Um, and And... 13 years later, we say the vision is Jesus. And it's wonderful to stand here today, again in front of an unpredicted new here, and don't have to come up with a vision, because the only constant is our vision. It is Jesus. We can't have a higher vision. It's beautiful. It's in him. It's through him that we move and have our being. He's the beginning and the end. He governs the world. No matter what your theology is about COVID, God is on the throne and is governing the world. And he is our vision. We set our hearts on him and him alone. Um, And then next to the the flywheel, the knobs are those two. Those two are our mission statements. And that is um, making disciples, shaping leaders. So what do we do this year? We simply walk. We look at Jesus, oh he's going there, I'm going there. Oh he's moving in front of me in the class, I'm going behind him. He said, oh stop at this child and just give him a word and I do that and then I move on and I just keep my eyes on Jesus and if he stops, I stop. And the whole time I do it, I have two legs and I remind myself I'm making disciples, I'm shaping leaders, I'm making disciples, I'm shaping leaders, walking after Jesus, and I bring them along. I make disciples, and I shape leaders. Sometimes it will be fast, making disciples, shaping leaders, making disciples, you know the pace. <laughs> and sometimes it will slow down. But that's what drives me. That's why I'm here, because I'm part of Jesus and taking a next generation. And if we don't set our hearts apart for him asking, we will not deposit it in the next generation. That's why we, our call is to set ourselves apart, to have this vision of Jesus, and they say, everything I do, even, Frick, if you come here and you want to fix a part of a roof or something, it's because you want to make disciples, and because you want to shape leaders. That's who we are. So that invitation today is a fresh invitation. Let's do that. Hey, let's, let, let's be consumed by that. And then you know that our flywheel... We said there are five core values to it. Um, and we will, in the next few weeks, we'll we will journey with these values because these, these we've seen are who we are, these values. We have the privilege to look back and actually see, oh, this is what, what God did and shape it. And it's, it's, it's like you have to, you have to own that, you know? It's like you cannot come to me and say, okay, let's say servant leadership is one, one of our core values. In shaping leaders, we're shaping servant leaders. But let's say, Willem say to me, man, I just think you use that to manipulate people. I can respect Willem's opinion, but I cannot change it for you. We cannot change our values. Our values is who we are and you are invited into a journey to understand the values and become those values because that's what keeps this grit of a flywheel together is the things that we value and we invite you on an exciting journey just to unpack them again in the last part. So with withing, having said all of this I want to invite Stefan and Clara, Willem, on the chairs there, Um, and I want to introduce them as. I also want almost want to say the remaining trustees because Uncle Floyd. uh, couldn't be trustee anymore, and Wam Yuan resigned from the trust. So this, these are currently the remaining trustees or other trustees with me of, of Global Challenge. So with, within our, our different spheres of influence, in terms of education, Stefan leads education, terms of community which have different parts that have church, that have the volunteers, that have the land. Clara uh, sits on that chair and in terms of mission Willem sits on that chair and that is the the grid on the outside and um, and we chose to do it together friends. Uh, we, we 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 are here, um, we had a talk earlier uh, with Anita and, and Clara was sharing, 20 years ago when we were in Bosnia, they were, I, Anita was the team leader, and um, I, I phoned them, be, it was 9-11, I phoned them, they need to evacuate because the Wo- Third World War was on its way because all the parents called me, and everybody was thinking it's the Third World War. So they, 20 and 21 years old, with the team traveling with that blue peacock through Europe, and they didn't like each other at all. And uh, 20 years later, they're still here, best friends, and we can say the same. You know, 20 and 13 years later, we're still here together, although we've hurt each other, although we've misunderstood each other, although we've differed from one another because we are called to do it together. And I just want to give them a, a chance just to share a little bit from their perspective where they think we're heading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to jokingly say, we still don't like each other, but we, no, I'm just no, uh I think, um, thank you, Anne, for sharing your heart and, and your story. For For me, it resonates the mere fact that it's all about Jesus. And if he's called you, it doesn't matter whether you did a journey or not or whether you qualified or not or experienced or not or you know it's all about do you love Jesus that's the qualification to say yes I i come along this flywheel I want to be part of what the Lord is doing it's merely do you love Jesus that's the entry into what the Lord is doing in Jeffrey's Bay and your role can be different, you, you know, you can even be skeptical. I remember um, in 2009, I was heading missions, and I was sitting in the hub, um, which was our office, and I was typing away on applications, you know, for the 2010 journey. And I heard in the back of me, or around the corner, Marie, and my wife was there, Johan Force was there, I think Danny Mariki was there. And they talked about starting a school. And I literally thought, that is absolutely crazy. Why would we start a school? And I typed away, within seven days, I was standing with a school in the mall t-shirt, balloons in the one hand, and handing out flyers in the mall, marketing this school. (laughs) And so, you know, it's okay for you. To have maybe had frustrations or uh, uh, thinking the things that we're doing, it's why are we doing it? I asked that question sitting there, why would we start? And now the Lord over time has brought me to leading education, which wouldn't have been if that meeting didn't take place. So what I'm saying is you can be skeptical, but if I didn't ask the Lord what's his plan... I would have missed out. And I I want to almost leave that with you this morning. Um, Yes, you love Jesus. But also be obedient to how he moves you um, and your role that he has for you in, in this community. It might be different than you think or imagine. But also check your heart when looking at what, if we're in the sphere of education... We, we're not disconnected from community or from missions. It's really part of of what the Lord is doing, and it is, it is a privilege.
2: So I'm uh, sitting on the seat of community. I was seated on the seat of missions. <laughs> but um, sure, hey, the Lord has um, done so much. And if we look at how many people are coming here, um, because the Lord are, is leading them here, not necessarily because they were part of a team necessarily or are even teachers, but just since the Lord is, has positioned Jeffreys Bay for the ripple that will impact the rest of the world, which I feel is part of the revival also that's coming, that I really feel Jeffreys Bay is going to be that light to the rest of the world. Um I think of gathering all those people, you know? Um, And in the community sphere, um, falls under church and we're really excited about church um, in the sense of making sure that the people who are here are are laid well and fed well. And also part of community is the volunteers that come in, so many volunteers that come and um, sense the same thing about South African Jeffreys Bay and want to come and serve in this community, having an influence on them, um, you know, as much as we can when they come here and impart to them as much as we can because of the experiences we had. And then obviously just our, our um, the people that are living and moving in and out of this space um, to create a place for them to respond to Jesus without being a teacher or being on a mission somewhere to a nation because i think the greater work of sharing jesus with people is going to be here one day and um, coming soon so i'm excited about community i think we're going to we're going to grow immensely but you just to see um people who have come to retire you're not going to retire yeah. you know like jesus is going to use you to minister to people here like you're going to come and pray for people, people are gonna be healed here. You're going to be equipped in a way that you haven't ever before, maybe on the age of eighty six, come I mean, come on, you know. So um and it's also got to do with the expansion of the land as well. Um so that's all in community, but um so the heart of community I feel is to empower those that are not here for a specific purpose in the sense of educational missions, but we're just so excited about Jesus and want to obey him and to create that space to minister and say yes to Jesus.
3: Now, it's quite funny that <coughs> Clara led missions and Stefan led missions. <laughs> now it's my turn to lead missions. Maybe I'll be the principal <laughs> one day. <laughs> I'll just look at how gray or he becomes in the next few years and then decide. <laughs> But, uh, um, you know, we were saying that to some of the other groups. It's just a, That's actually a picture of just how interlinked the things are. We really can't look at education and missions and community and see it as, I mean, they've got their own sort of little identities, but without the other thing, it really doesn't make sense. You know, God has put it together. He's placed it together. And just the evidence of the fact that we've been moving around in a different kind of spheres is proof of that, that... It's not. It's not things that can actually exist on its own. Um, you know, without missions and communi- community education, you know, would be weaker. And the same for the for the other two. It's really something that the Lord has has placed together, and He's done that for a specific reason, which we're all very exci- I'm very excited about. Um, and and and, but missions is really where everything started, if I can put it that way because that's also how jesus started when jesus had his disciples he said hey guys will you travel with me you know in other words will you follow me and that following jesus that traveling with jesus those three years that was mission um because what they had to do what the disciples had to do is that and and Anne shared this they had to let go of everything they really had to sacrifice their careers they stopped fishing Many of them, and some of them did other things. They had to sacrifice finances, perhaps. They didn't know where the income would come from in the next, uh, um, because that goes with your career. They had to sacrifice any plans, personal plans, or things that they, they made. Um, they had to follow Jesus. Now one guy said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And then Jesus said, well, you know, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a you know, place to lay down his head. That's, the, that's what you're giving up to follow me. If you really want to follow me, that's the the life that you'll have to to commit to. It's giving away everything and um, and that's why missions is absolutely crucial because when Jesus calls us to follow him, then everything becomes possible, right? Because it's not my plan anymore, it's not what I want to do anymore, it's not my ideas. Then we come to Jesus and we say, "Jesus, I will go wherever you want me to go. I will do whatever." you want me to do and if that's uh if that's praying for someone down in the gama street or if that's planting a church in hanky or if that's picking up all your things and going to kazakhstan you know to start something there and be part of that it could be any of that but all of that the ones are more or less important than the other one it's a it's about following following Jesus. And so that's kind of, for me, before all of this was here, where, you know, we were. We were at that place. We're saying, Jesus, whatever you want to do. No, no, no one thought that there would be a school building. No one thought that there would be land one day given. That wasn't even in anyone's imagination. No one even thought that that could be possible. But then Jesus, because we've given our lives to him, can do really anything he wants to do with our lives. And, and that's important to, to stay there, to always stay there. And I feel that's the, the role of missions, is that calling of Jesus on us as a community, on us as education. It's to really say, Jesus, I will go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I want to have that heart of being completely and utterly just given over to to what you want me to do and not to follow my own plans and ideas. And then Jesus can take that and he really can do whatever he he wants wants to do. And we're continually in that. That doesn't stop, right? I mean, now we're here and Jesus is saying, hey, buy that piece of land there. And we're saying, what are you going to do there? And he's saying, watch and see. You know, every time there's a new step we need to take, a new place that we need to go to uh, where Jesus is, is leading us. Um, and and I, f- I feel that's not just the missionaries going, that's us as well, staying here in Jeffreys Bay. Um, but I am excited when someone comes to me and says, hey, Jesus is calling me to Kazakhstan. I say, okay, right, let's get behind you. You know, we'll, we'll, What do you need? And how, how are we going to train you? And how are we going to support you? That you go there and you do what the Lord has, has called you to do. What,
0: what I'm excited about, if I just look at the spheres, is what God's adding afresh is within the education sphere, we have this year eight new teacher interns. I'm so excited about becoming a place where teachers can be groomed and trained, and, and that's, that's wonderful. So uh, we're excited about that, especially in terms of community. We have just last week bought uh, 11.6 hectares of land in faith. <laughs> what we currently have uh, is 10 hectares. And uh, so it's, it's almost the same amount of land on the other side of the fence. And like Uncle Joe always said, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So if he wants to increase, <laughs> uh, we see that as an example of uh, the more to come. And uh, what we've, uh, in terms of mission just broadly, we for the first time since we started, we don't have a one-year journey. That was a hard decision to make. So there is not a team of 20-plus young people traveling around the world this year. Uh, but it also opened up the door to start a missionary training school. So we have missionary interns that wants to go long-term. And we think that is a development that um, um, more people will be able to join in that wants to go to that full-time places. So I'm excited about anything that the Lord wants to do new. But the important thing is it's one thing Hey? So you hear that it's, uh, you know, you can be here now seven years or two years, um, and you can disagree, um, and we can respect it. But you can't tell us to change it. We cannot. We've committed in these years to one another for the purposes of the Lord. So, so it's up to you to update your status to a guest relation towards this, where we believe that God has put a stake in the ground, and he wants to call people to a new move. And you will be welcome to be a guest, and we will love you and appreciate you as much as we can. Or you must say, I want to be family of this. I want to be part of this, because that's where God will grow the, the leadership, and where he will deposit the that he wants us to do we cannot break it off for you uh, we cannot so so update your status in 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 somewhere in your heart and in your mind so I I want to be part of this or if I say no I'm grounded where I am I'm in a guest relationship with you we will also love you uh, but we don't have then the same commitment towards you than with family with family we fight we disagree, but we stick together. Uh, it's different kind of relationship.